The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the hump day edition, a happier happy hour Got my little buddy Dominic right here with me in the Mad Radio WMDX 92.7 FM studios. And Dom, I want to talk about more jackassery from the Republicans. In this case, the House Republicans. Seems like we do this a lot. Yes. They (laughs) catch my ire often. Uh, You know, they are advancing the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, I found this over at the... Washington Post, Democrats decry process is a sham. I know I'm going to. Down a little from this article at the Post. House Republicans voted early Wednesday to advance an impeachment case against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to the full chamber, moving one step closer to impeaching the first cabinet member in almost 150 years. All right. They can say they did something. In an 18 to 15 vote along party lines, that's a shocker, following a marathon meeting, members of the House Homeland Security Committee advanced two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas, accusing him of willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law and breach of the public trust. Where are the crimes here? Anyways, uh, Democrats repeatedly asserted during the hearing that Republicans have no constitutional basis to impeach Mayorkas. And they noted that the GOP lawmakers have struggled in two recent hearings to detail clear (laughs) evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. They don't need that, Don. We don't like him. Republican leaders are aiming to bring the issue to the House floor next week. Even if the full House impeaches Mayorkas, it is unlikely to be convicted. He is unlikely to be convicted. And the Democratic-led Senate dominant would take of time. 67 senators to convict. That ain't going to happen because they got nothing. Nada. This is a nothing burger. This is to besmirch Joe Biden, right? First and foremost, let's use the word impeachment quite a bit. And secondly, this shines a bright light on the quote-unquote failures of Joe Biden on the border. But... We got a bipartisan Senate bill that these same House Republicans say is dead on arrival because they don't want to solve this. They problem. haven't, but they haven't actually read the bill. They'll go impeach a guy over the failure to close the border, but when the actual rubber hits the road, they don't want to close the border. More jackassery, man. Uh, also on this very topic, also from the Washington Post, I'm going to jump down in this article, uh, an opinion piece by Ruth Marcus: The Mayorkas case is an alarming corruption. 
of a grave constitutional duty. And in the body, House Republicans have produced no conservative impeachment scholars to defend their actions. Their go-to legal expert, George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley, has said he sees no impeachable offense here. And his quote, Absent some new evidence, I cannot see the limiting principle that would allow the House to impeach Mayorkas without potentially making any policy disagreement with a cabinet member a high crime and misdemeanor. That is a slippery slope that we would be wise to avoid. I mean, if you can't get Jonathan Turley on your side, and it wasn't just Jonathan Turley, I believe there were some other folks. Uh, Dershowitz, wasn't Dershowitz also quoted in this? I'm not clear. I have not seen any quotes attributed to Dershowitz. A little bit more from the Post here. Democrats criticize the impeachment proceedings as politically motivated, pointing out that GOP lawmakers, and I think this is the point I was trying to make, Dom, were trying to oust Mayorkas for supposedly neglecting to secure the southern border, while at the same time opposing a bipartisan package under negotiation in the Senate that would seek to improve border security. You see the irony here, Don. Mm-hmm. And several hours into the hearing on Tuesday, Rep. Tony Gonzalez, Republican from Texas, suggested that Democrats' remarks would have little impact on the ultimate outcome. Here's a quote, Tom. One of the most difficult things about Congress is it's filled with nothing but lawyers, and they'll talk all day about this, that, or the other, which is frustrating to many Americans. This is what's going to happen. The House of Representatives is going to impeach Secretary Mayorkas and there's absolutely nothing anyone can do to stop it. That's going to happen. Doesn't matter with or without evidence, right? And Mayorkas did not appear at the hearing, but vigorously defended his record in a six-page letter Tuesday morning to Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green, Republican from Tennessee, that detailed his lengthy career in public service and disputed the GOP's accusation that he has avoided their oversight request. Uh, one or two quotes from Mayorkas, Tom. We have provided Congress and your committee hours of testimony, thousands of documents, hundreds of briefings, and much more information that demonstrates quite clearly how we are enforcing the law. His responsiveness to the House oversight request would not waver, however, baseless the proceedings he added. I think he means them. I assure you that your false accusations do not rattle me and do not divert me from the law enforcement and broader public service to which I remain devoted, Mayorkas said. Stick it in your ear, Mark Green, Tennessee Republican, and others on this Homeland Security Committee, Dom. Uh, a little bit on the specific impeachment articles released on Sunday. Mayorkas is accused. I heard MTG bragging. Ah! Help write those. I'm sure she got her crayons out. Uh, Mayorkas is accused of willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law and a breach of public trust. The evidence for the first uh, uh, charge here amounts to a grab bag of complaints about the Biden administration's immigration policies, including that it failed to comply with mandates to detain immigrants and that it expanded, quote unquote, parole programs for migrants from various countries. No matter that, as George W. Bush Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff wrote in the Wall Street Journal, under Mayorkas, the majority of immigrants encountered at the southwest border have been removed, returned, or expelled. The majority of those uh, uh, encountered at the border have been removed, returned, or expelled, says the Republican Security Secretary. 
no matter no matter that no administration, Democrat or Republican, can possibly comply with the quote-unquote technical requirement to detain every individual who crosses the border illegally. Congress had never has never provided the funding for that. As Homeland Security pointed out in a memo, a standard requiring 100% detention would mean that Congress would have impeached every DHS secretary since the department was founded. Whatever it takes! No matter that no matter that prior administrations, including Trump's, have used quote-unquote parole to admit citizens from various countries. The second charge, a breach of public trust, is even thinner. That Mayorkas, quote, knowingly made false statements and knowingly obstructed lawful oversight of the Department of Homeland Security, principally to obfuscate the results of his willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law. Obstructed lawful oversight, question mark? Mayorkas has testified before Congress 27 times in 35 months, more than any other cabinet Official. It's almost like he is a long oversight, Tom. <laughs> almost it's like almost it like is. they're making up this case without any real Well, and that's the thing. Crimes and, or evidence. And we hear it. 100%. It's got to be 100%. Got to be 100%. Oh, okay. That never happened under Trump. There's never 100%. There's never been 100%. There's never been funding for 100%. It's just, it's just asinine to ponder. But they don't care. Not that there's what I mean. I'm seeing, you know, Chinese hackers are a big problem. I mean, DHS. I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, you know. Uh, and and certainly solving the problem at the border should be on the top of of all the politicians, all the government's mind, no doubt about it. And they're working on it. There's a bipartisan effort right now to address that. And we have some sound of some of those. I don't know. Call them Republicans. On this issue, uh, Senator Lankford, uh, we got a few clips from this, Nate, whenever you're ready. Let's, let's start out. Let's play with the Republicans who are actually doing some work with their counterparts, the Democrats, to address the issues that the Republicans and the Congress at, at the uh, uh, legislature have no intention of doing. Uh, let's do cut number one, please, Nate. There is no doubt we need to have zero people illegally crossing the border, and that is the target of this bill. It's not 5,000 in. It's everyone who doesn't qualify out. Let's keep going. Cut to Republican Langford. To be able to deal with how do we actually manage our border on days when we're overrun instead of releasing everyone in the country, which is the default now, actually turning people around. It is the most misunderstood part of the bill. Yeah, of course it is. There's a lot of items in this bill. Cut three. We've got bipartisan agreement to be able to change the way we're doing asylum, dramatically increase uh, the number of detention beds, increase the number of deportation flights. And again, according to the, uh, the, the Washington Post, the majority of those encountered at the southern border have been kicked out of the country. Well, it's an attitude like that that has earned Langford, my understanding, a censure from his home state Republican Party. <laughs> right. That bipartisan point, yeah. you know, the, the getting along with others. The they governing, don't want that. the governing. They don't want the government. No, they don't. They don't want the problem solved because that would take it away as a, as a campaign issue for their what orange messiah. A few more from Langford. Cut four, please. Quite frankly, if this doesn't make an enormous difference in our laws and the future of our country and our national security, then I don't know what else would. He seems pretty confident. The five thousand per day. That's a rumor. Cut five this ongoing thing that this allows 5,000 people in a day every day and checks them in. There's no way that's in the bill. Number one, I would never agree to that, uh, but it's also just a total mischaracterization of the bill, but that's out there on the internet. <laughs> it's not just on the internet. It's in, it's in the house. A couple more cut six. This is our moment to actually say, let's do as much as we can possibly get done because we've been able to get nothing done for 30 years. Well, 
And why is that, do you think? Cut number seven. Republican intransigence. <laughs> yes. We have to be able to resolve this. Uh, Americans see this. When I was back home for a short period of time this weekend, Republicans, independents, Democrats were all contacting me and saying, we've got to resolve this. Ah, but they don't want to resolve it. Trump does not want it resolved. And the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, he's doing Trump's bidding as far as I know. And they're saying he the same He claims he's not doing Trump's bidding. Oh, no, no, but it's 5000 a day, but it's not. So which Republican do you believe, Mike Johnson or Lankford, who's actually engaged in negotiations, bipartisan efforts with the Democrats? Come on. I don't know. What does Q tell us? I mean, other than the fact that apparently Taylor Swift is... In cahoots with what? It's not Pete Rosell anymore. <laughs> who's know. who's the new guy? Maybe she at the NFL. Maybe she brought Pete Rosell back from the grave <laughs> to be in conspiracy and cahoots. You know, you just make Roger it up. Roger Goodell. Like does, just make it up. You know, start a, a, a bogus website, stick it on there. Republicans, they'll repeat it in Congress. Taylor Swift for president. <laughs> I don't know if you know the Devil's Advocates, but the show is kind of a big deal. He's bounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? And thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Going to get to some callers shortly. Be patient. 844-967-2789. Tom, I got to get to this story right now, though. God's Army Trucker Convoy. They're tested. They're being tested. God's oh. tested. Um, <laughs> yeah. As the biblical border mission has fallen into what's being reported here is chaos. I don't remember trucks in the Bible, but I didn't really read it. 18 wheelers. It's in Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Leviticus 18 wheelers. <laughs> the God's convoy, trucker convoy that headed to the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas in a take our border back campaign is off to a rocky start, according to report from wired wired is the source Tom. the movement aimed to amass thousands of trucks at the border and what organizers called a biblical protest of the record number of migrants who are illegally crossing into the u.s what does jesus say about? if you actually went to leviticus <laughs> in the bible yeah. and 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 followed the words thereof it's something about you know the stranger in your land coming and treating them as if they were your own like the migrants that's in the leviticus uh, but, but this trucker convoy, Dom, it was hindered before it even started. What organizers promised would be a force of 700,000 strong saw just dozens set off from Virginia Beach Monday. Dozens, Dom. The low turnout was blamed on right-wing paranoia that the event was an FBI trap. <laughs> just like J6 hostages. <laughs> they made me crap on the government walls. And now they've hit the road. They've been hit by more trials, um, <laughs> plagues perhaps. <laughs> According to one convoy member, some woke up to find their tires had been slashed outside a hotel they were staying at. Oops. Others said that when the group assembled a meeting point in Norfolk, Virginia, the number of trucks was tiny and none was joined since. Ooh, that's sad. Wired reported that no other trucks joined the convoy that day. That is kind of sad, Dom. After departing an hour behind schedule, Wired reported that one of the vehicles almost immediately got lost. <laughs> Citing messages posted in the Zello Walkie Talkie app, it said the group also argued over accommodations during a planning meeting later that day. Yeah, they didn't want to stay at Circus Circus either. 
<laughs> it was fine for you, though. Heightened tensions may have led to one participant being barred from the convoy. They didn't have that many participants. How can you stop someone from driving? A bizarre incident reportedly took place where the convoy's main bus pulled over on the shoulder of the <laughs> highway and ejected one of the passengers. Almost every time we go on the road, I feel that way. I can, <laughs> yeah. I, I sense your pain, sir. Uh, I, I get it, man. When you drive, I want to be ejected. You're a terrible driver. Wait till we go on the road again. According to a live stream that reported on the incident, it's been known. Uh, it's not known why the passenger was booted, <laughs> but he was left stranded in Florence, South Carolina without his wallet. <laughs> that doesn't seem very Christian. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's, you that's it. That's it. Get out. That's wow. Well, okay. I can go to the original report. No, that, that's fine. That's that's more than more than enough. So the devil's is, is is doing his work with the biblical truckers. Is that what you would suggest? We had no part in those tire what, slashes. It wasn't now. us, man. We would not condone that. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Uh didn't they do this before? Didn't didn't they do the beltway in DC? They got lost in DC. They're like driving in circles. They they drove around the beltway and headed back to Scranton, <laughs> Pennsylvania, something like that. I don't know. 844-967-2789. Catherine from Madison, been too long. Welcome back. What do you got? Hello, Catherine. Um, hi, guys. I called on a different uh, topic. Sure. I was listening to Mad Radio on Sunday morning, and I turned on the radio, and I thought I had the wrong channel because it, um, it was a comedy routine from Smothers Brothers or something. It was great. But it turned into old uh, show tunes and things, and um, you had it on for several hours. And what was really amazing is there were no commercials. I was just wondering, um, what is that a regular program you've got now, or, or what? Well, the only program that Dom and I have are called The Devil's Advocates, Catherine. But over at Civic Media, yeah. they got a Lou Regani yeah. Music of the Stars on Sundays, I believe, from 7 to noon. Uh, it may come as news uh -huh. to some here at the network that there were no commercials being played <laughs> because oh, that yeah. is the point there of radio no in some way, shape or form. It's not no offense <laughs> to you so fine so. listeners, but the commercials are what pay, pay the freight. So, yeah. but Catherine, yeah. uh, did you enjoy it, Catherine? Yeah, it was good. It was unusual and a little <laughs> bit of everything. Some classical music. It was you know, like a good Sunday thing. If you're doing other stuff, you know, making breakfast, all that kind of stuff. But um, I I do I did miss I had missed um, the morning cannolis the previous day and so that's what I was really looking oh, for. Oh, looking so for I, the I replay. Well, you can always so go up to, to the, on the podcast. Yeah, you got to listen to the podcast. They're going to rebrand it. Mm -hmm. Don't get confused if the Jim Santel, you know, morning something Coffee. pizza <laughs> show comes on next. They're going to rebrand that thing. But Jim Santel is still doing some damn fine radio on Saturdays nine to eleven on Civic Media and. My pal Lou Regani, strange and unusual play out every Sunday morning, I assure you, Catherine. It's a 31-year tradition. <laughs> yeah, Lou's awesome. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll get my commercials back, but I'm not that happy about that, but that's <laughs> yeah. fine. So I know you guys have to do it. Yep. At okay, some point, well, Catherine. What's going on there? Yes, ma'am. At some point, there will be sponsors played out during Lou's show. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if he had to do a running five hours with no commercial break. <laughs> How does one get to the bathroom? That's, well, you play a long song. Because Freebird, well, nine-minute nine version. Live. And a guy had a Vita. <laughs> Hence the, you know, the strange and unusual playlist. 844 <laughs>
You know, I can barely answer for the stuff we do on this program. <laughs> no, that's okay. We appreciate it, Catherine. Thanks for listening. 844-967-2789. Cam from Nina. Welcome, Cam. What do you got? Hey, Cam. Hey, um, I think Dom will like this a, a little bit. Um, I keep imagining a cartoonish scenario where CJ is hiding because he's paranoid about the underpants gnomes, except the underpants gnomes are illegals and liberals. And it it brings me joy just to imagine it. it but um, You know, he's sitting in the queue right now. He's been banned for a couple of weeks. He's going to be banned at least till I get back from Vegas. But he's listening right now, we can assure you, because I can see CJ awesome. still banned in queue number one. CJ, watch out. I'm in your closet. Booga, booga. Um, right. So the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, though, it, it's actually a pretty... Cam, um, you might have to be careful because I think CJ might spend some time in that closet as well. Oh, probably. Projection, right? I just know um, he's listening, so I'm talking trash. See if I can get under so, his skin uh, for a change. Go ahead, Cam. What is oh um so you guys were talking about how the border hasn't had any reform in a long time and I I am afraid because you also mentioned the DHS, right? And I have some ties to the DHS. I work in IT and um we uh we can't secure everything. Most hacks come from social hacking and we can't secure anything from it with AI being able to replicate people's voices. People are going to have to face this problem and I don't think that legislation is going to come quick enough. Cam, I suggest stop for extra diesel. <laughs> yes, and get a map. You need, need a map to Get one of those refrigerated trucks. You can put all the food you need for the whole rest of your life in the back. That's Dom's plan, except tequila. Lots of tequila. Come back with us. Join us, perhaps. Unless you're banned. That means you, CJ. 844-967-2789. What, what's our number? 844-967-2789. Yes. 964-27. Oh, my God. 844-96-PARTY. There you go. Very important. We're on a mission from God. The Devil's Advocates, because freedom. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. It's an Inagata DeVita Wednesday. Happier, happy hour, rolling through it. They used to play this, 9 o'clock Saturday nights in lacrosse. You remember that? No. Oh, yeah, this was a thing. Where do they play it? On the rock and roll station, man. On the radio. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> I'll listen to the radio. <laughs> What'd you pull out the eight tracks? Uh CDs that, were common. Was we, that the um was that like the it was a Minnesota station, right? A K K something. Was that the rock station? Minnesota was across the river. I worked in Minnesota. You know, yeah. it was not uncommon because the ridge line where many of the TV and radio towers were yeah. were across, you know, if it had a K it was across the river. Right. But I worked for WK or WXOW TV. WXOW. That's not how we say it. Oh, okay. WXOW. But we technically originated from La Crescent, Minnesota, which should have denoted a K. But we're covering lacrosse, so I'm sure someone fought for that call sign, Dom. And in the Garden of Eden. That's how the song was supposed to be played or called it. But then they were, my understanding is the musicians were so trashed, you couldn't get the words out. 
So it became Inagata DeVita. Like you and a John Podesta interview. <laughs> uh, Scott Walker has weighed, walked, waded into the pop cultural wars. Oh, no. With Taylor Swift. I mean, because if you think, you know, pop culture, what pops to mind is Scott Walker and his jet black hair. Well, he's he's got his finger on the pulse of young Americans, right? <laughs> well, he is the head of the Young Americas Foundation. I thought it was Adolph's, but uh, it's, I know it's tough to remember. Well, here's what he took note of. Taylor Swift could sway the 2024 election outcome. New poll finds with a fifth of voters likely to back the candidate endorsed by the singer. So if Taylor Swift says, go Joe, she could move 20% of the electorate. No, no wonder why the Republicans are freaking out. But do you think that's going to endear her to them? You know what I mean? By calling her out, hey, you know, just shut up and sing, stay out of politics. You know, that kind of attitude it doesn't really make, make her want to be, you know, on the Republican side, I would imagine. Trump, you don't think Trump's going to be your endorsed choice, Tom? No, no. I, I think there's, you know, a theoretical possibility it could happen. Could it not? I mean, if, if Taylor Swift can move 20% of the electorate, I mean, how what percentage does Scott Walker move? Zero point zero. <laughs> 844-967-2789. Mark from Sussex. Welcome, Mark. What do you got for us? So I was just telling your uh, uh, the host there or whatever that it was KROC in Rochester that you were referencing. KROC. All right. That that was the radio station. I grew up in lacrosse. I went to lacrosse same time as you guys, which I'm sad to say. but um, Which, which yeah, door, Mark? It, I was in Lokes. Oh, all the losers lived in oh, Lokes. <laughs> Sanford or bus, then, baby. Oh, come on. I was in Reuter Hall, Mark. That was all guys when I was there. So, and again, uh, then I lived at 1128 State right by Mr. D's Donuts. Oh, nice. nice. That's a great location. Was that the big red house was, across was, the street? No, it was an apartment complex, but it was a great location. Yes, it was. Very close to downtown, very close to campus. And what happened, Mark? Because suddenly you've gone conservative on us, man, and you didn't learn that from us in lacrosse. Not from Inagata uh, DeBita on the K-Rock. Wh- I learned that when I was started, started making money and said I didn't want to pay for health care and pay for homing and pay for education for others. I wanted to do it on my own. How'd you get through college? Any Pell Grants, any student loans? Because I nope, had quite a few. My parents owned businesses, and I worked my blankety-blank off. My dad died when I was a uh, junior in college. I went back and forth between businesses to help my mom before we sold it three or four years later, hmm. and it was a effing nightmare. So. Yeah, I bet. Mark, let me let me ask you uh, the, the healthcare thing because I've I've evolved my position on this over the years. Um, what what's wrong with uh, like a, a, a Medicare for all. I mean, do you think you know? Th- do you think old folks should have health care provided? Do you think poor folks should have a a, a, a safety net for health care? Well, it's a good question, and I, I don't know the answer. I mean, there's got to be some. The answer resolution. is yes, Mark. Yes, probably. Shouldn't poor people and yep, and, guess, and and old people but, have a standard of care? How gonna, but how are we going to pay for it? Man, Again, we find eight hundred billion all, for all, missiles all every year, sir. About, all the Democrat Party talks about is free health care, 
and free education. Well, it's not free. free it's, none free. of it's free, obviously, yeah, it Mark. It's not free. It's uh, we we understand it's paid for, uh, but we we have you know we make priorities, right? And we decide in what kind of in country we want to live in. Our constitution talks for the general welfare of the population, right, Mark? And if you're fine with you know older folks having covers, and you're fine with perhaps poor people, I, I get my impression you're probably okay with that. We get it; it costs money. Uh, and then then we also you know we pay for the armed services health care, right? We pay for you know those who work in government pay for their health care. So really, really, I mean, we pay for probably at least a third of, of this, this country, hundred some million people, have their health care covered in some way, shape, or form uh, through government programs, government uh, uh, support, right? And what happens? So the insurance companies, so they get the insurance company, they get the best, the the best percentage of the people, right? They get the healthiest folks because the poor and the elderly, yeah. they're a big it's risk, man. They're, they they cost a lot of money to maintain everybody. that care. But, uh, you know, someone in their 20s who's got to, you know, go out and get their own health care before the ACA, well, they're probably not going to have very many claims and they're going to have to pay into the system. So, I mean, how do you feel about the insurance companies, you know, taking the cream of the crop and then socializing, you know, the high-risk patients? Tom, you always take over the conversation, but one last thing. Z93 was also a good radio station in lacrosse. Not half bad. Did you ever watch Sports Talk Live Tuesdays at 4? <laughs> <laughs> we we came so, out of the test uh, patterns, man. I I used to have to build that brand, kind of like the devil's advocates. Uh, Mark, I you can't be all you bad if you're a lacrosse grad. But that's right, man. I I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, yeah thanks, sir. man. I appreciate you listening. But 34% bad, maybe. <laughs> well, Come on, know, the, the answer is health care yes. for all. Yes. All people deserve, with some contribution, whatever they are able to contribute, all people deserve some baseline standard of health care. If you get cancer, you shouldn't die because you can't afford to go see a doctor or the chemotherapy that that doctor might recommend. I mean, I have seen people die for lack of health care. Literally, I have friends of mine. I know a woman died in her 40s from colorectal cancer, didn't have health care. So I think it should be something that everyone has. It should be a goal, but it's an achievable goal. Well, because it's, all this other industrialized right, nations you. get this done. Yes, and we're we're the, the greatest country on the earth, but we can't figure it out. Of course we can figure it out, but what they don't want to do is what? Upset the apple cart because those insurance companies, again, my point being, they get the least risk, most profitable section of, of, of the population, the demographic. That's what the insurance company get. Well, 20% of our GDP is going to healthcare, man. It's an enormous number. An enormous number. But what? We're not supposed to negotiate. There's not supposed to be a negotiated savings for the consumer. I mean, that wouldn't be the case in any other industry, but somehow, because it, it's healthcare. We're all supposed to pay whatever's on the tab, right? And don't ask. offer offer to pay cash with your compound fracture hanging out. Uh, what's the price for cash? Because you know I could hobble up to the next hospital, right? I go to the ATM. It's a captive audience at that point, right? <laughs> you think? Yeah, that's a way and, to put it. People just want to live. They just want to you know go live their little lives, and we all want healthcare for our children. And for everybody's children, I would hope, perhaps accepting Paul Ryan. But most people would. We want our neighbor's kid to have health care. We want our neighbor's parents or grandparents to have health care. And if they're down on their luck, I would hope that most of us would do the Christ-like thing, perhaps, 
and offer health care. And we as a nation, we claim to be the greatest nation on earth. You know, that's not just about putting a man on the moon, putting a flag up there. It's also about taking care of our own. And that should be a priority for our nation. So when I say I'm a Bernie Sanders guy, you know, a lot of what Bernie Sanders said seemed like it would have a big price tag. You know, I was skeptical about a lot of it. But when you actually look at the price tag, things like free community college, if we actually invested in two years of college for these kids, if we actually invested in providing health care, preventative care for so many of our working poor, you know what? They might be a little healthier. They might be able to go to work more. So, and and one last thing, teeth are part of health care. Yeah. We've known people that couldn't perform their jobs because they were so distracted by their teeth. Oh, man. I mean, you can, you can die from that. You can get an infection, go to your brain, and you can literally die from lack of dental care. 844-967-2789. Medicare for all, or at least a competitive government option. Put it out there, and we solve most of the health care problems in this nation. Boom, solving problems here. 844-967-2789. Uh, Chris from Rice Lake. Welcome, Chris. What do you got? Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Uh, you know what I noticed is that the, a lot of these people, and I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of these people that have these opinions that we shouldn't be paying for this and we shouldn't be paying for that, when it's their turn, they're the first ones mm. there with their hands out going, uh, where's mine, where's mine, where's mine? A lot of small business owners took that PPP money with no obligation to repay a cent of it. Now, it was supposed to go for your payroll, supposed to go to your employees, but at the end of the day, it wasn't even a requirement that first time around that you showed that your company couldn't stay open if you didn't have it. I suspect Robin Voss put a lot of that PPP money, like $338,000. I bet he banked a lot of it. Yep. Or I he used it to pay his payroll and used his payroll money to bank. You know what? They all got their checks on Wednesday or Thursday in the mail for that PPP, and they went to the bar on Friday and bragged about uh, about how lousy the Democrats were for passing so, such a high spending bill. I, I guarantee that's what they did. <laughs> and they cashed I, the I, I check. Honestly, I, yep. I honestly believe that... You know, and I'm not a big fan of government overreach. I mean, even though in the state of Wisconsin, this is one of the worst ones that there is. But I really believe that these people, you know, as they should have to sign a waiver. And if if you don't want to pay this and you don't want to pay that, that's fine. You don't have to pay it. But when it comes time for you to, you know, that you got problems or or you got to go on Medicare or or one of your family members got to, you know, have a uh, half a million dollar operation. But, Sorry, bud. You don't I, get it. I know that that's a temptation, Chris, and appreciate your thought and your opinion, but even our dumbass friends, do we want them to die for lack of health care? Well, it's not only I that. I mean, yeah. should you be able to waive your, your health care just because you think, well, I'm healthy or I don't want to pay it or, you know, that won't ever befall me. Oh, it's like the, the fire insurance, right? Well, you don't pay the fire insurance, so, you know, your house is going to burn. But what about the house next to it? They're going to get damaged, and, they, you know, at some point you have to cover it. That's why we have the fire department, you know? And do, do we do we talk about the money we spend? What about our fire department? What about the airports? You know, what about our armed forces, our justice system? These are all subsidized through, quote-unquote, tax dollars. 
You know what I mean? I mean, this is, is to, to, and we do up to a large degree, as I mentioned before, to a large degree on the healthcare side of it. It's not a, it's not a step too far. It's the next logical step. And there are other countries, industrialized countries, as you mentioned, Cody, most of them, they're already doing it. We don't even need to recreate the wheel. Our earlier caller, Mark from Sussex, yeah. the UWL alumni. I bet he used the free clinic. If he was anything like Joe, I bet he used it quite often. Uh, who didn't use the free clinic, man? <laughs> he had a wing named after you. 844-967-2789. You know, I used to go to the wing communications building, so I was a little confused what you were talking about. <laughs> no, the wing wasn't named after me, but it should have been. The Crute communications building. Yes, they shut that program down now. You got the last one. They shut the lights off when you left. The building's still there. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, there's probably evidence of my fine work. Sports Talk Live, every Tuesday, 4 o'clock, coming on the air on the test patterns. Kind of like this fine show. One last segment for your participation. Stick around. Join us, 844-967-2789. See you at the free clinic, Mark. <laughs> The Devil's Advocates. Never personal, only politics. Yeah, thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Going back to lines 844-967-2789. Stick around. The Maggie Dawn Show is coming up next. Mark from the SAC. Welcome back. What do you got, Mark? Hey, Mark. Yeah, thanks, guys. I wonder if uh, Mark from Sussex, if they didn't apply for survivor's benefits since his... Uh since his father passed away, so he could have got uh, part of his college paid for it the way, same way. He didn't want Paul that did. brown bag. He wanted a lunchbox like the other kids, you know, full of love. Yeah, it, it is. It is just uh, we live in a society. I mean, and, and that's you know what they intended to do with our with in, in our constitution. You know, provide for the general welfare, and, and that encompasses. You know that uh, you know providing for the general welfare and healthcare is part of the general welfare. I mean, it is just uh, it makes our whole society healthier. It, it protects our society. And uh, that earlier today there was some mention of uh, on the immigrants complaining about all these immigrants bringing disease into the country. Well, I did a little checking, and some of these countries that are the people are coming from, they have a higher vaccination rate than we have here in the United States. <laughs> right, dude. Yeah, but don't let facts get in the way. You know, you know they're coming here and poisoning our blood, I believe, is what Donald Trump said. Uh, thanks for the call. And Mark. I'm sure some mighty good people. Mm-hmm. Both sides. 844-967-2789. Glenda from Madison, Wisconsin. You're up, Glenda. Welcome. What do you got for Welcome, us? Welcome, Glenda. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say real quick, I couldn't help myself with this one. Our country spends $900 trillion on defense. You said it, sister. I think yeah. it's $900 billion per annum, but it's a hell of a lot of money, Glenda. Almost a trillion. It's, I just looked it up. I, I, maybe well, I there's not wrong, $900 trillion per year to spend. The The entire okay. gross domestic product is like $15 trillion. But the okay. U.S. spends <laughs> yes. about $900 billion a year on bullets and bombs. Right, but we can't afford health care. So that's all I want to say. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah thank you, Thanks, Linda. Thanks for pointing that out. And we, we can't afford it, you know? Uh, it's a matter of priority. 
and we need to make it a priority. And that one of the things that really attracted me to the Bernie Sanders campaign is he made that a priority. Uh, once again, 844-967-2789. What's a trillion dollars between enemies? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, and, they, and it goes up every year too, right? I mean, it's, you know. And every time, every time there is a world conflict, there's always a supplemental. It's like, what do we do with the first trillion dollars worth of bombs per year? Like, don't we have bombs in reserve? Bomb, 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 bomb. I see Mike Gallagher, rep from Wisconsin's, very advocating strongly for the bombing of Iran. Eight four four nine six seven two seven eight nine. But he's only doing it for. You know, the industry for business, right? Uh, Totter Billy on Madison's North Side. Welcome. What do you got? Hey, Totter. Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for talking about this. I think this is so important, uh, you know, to think about uh, what we can afford in our country and what our priorities are and really thinking about these things as you guys are talking about them as investments. It's not even, to some extent, you know, yes, we may be spending too much money on certain things like the military, um, but even if we didn't mess with any of these, those things, spending money on health care, on uh, public education, uh, on infrastructure, those things are investments that are going to come back to us. And I think the research has is, is shown that uh, in spades. Um, you know, this is an investment. we got to talk about taxes. And the money that we spend is investments. And we got to insist that uh, the most well-off among us uh, make a lot bigger investment in our country. Yeah. They're getting a heck of a lot out of it. And, Todd or Billy, I think it's definitely Dom's turn to buy at the bar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's very socialist in his bar behavior. And and but I'm also very generous with my socialist mints, Donner Billy. Appreciate the call. 844-967-2789. But let's not talk about just the expense side of the bar tab. Yes. Let's talk about the revenue side. The revenue side. I bought this up and I'll bring it up again. Americanprogress.org. Uh, they put out a piece not so long ago talking about the tax cuts. Tax cuts are primarily responsible for the increasing debt ratio. A piece from this. The nation's fiscal picture changed in 1981 when President Ronald Reagan enacted the largest tax cut in U.S. history, reducing revenues by the equivalent of $19 trillion over a decade in today's terms. And he had a backpedal on those did he not did he not have to raise taxes although congress raised taxes in many of the subsequent years of the reagan administration to claw back close to half of the revenue loss the equivalent of 10 trillion dollars of the president's 1981 tax cut remained and then throw in the you know the previous or the more recent tax cuts well i think the yes and i agree on the tax cuts but i think the the greater problem it's also when the working man's wage stalled the attack on the unions, the attack on the, the working stiff. Uh, we saw the inflation of the executive class, of the CEO class, of those driven. I mean, let's not forget, man, stock market did really well under Reagan, right? People got rich on Wall Street. 80s, man. Greed is good. But the working class, they stalled. And they stalled for about 30 years, Tom. Yeah. And it's only really been in the last couple of years that we've seen any growth in personal income from the wage earners. Um, some troubling news. Jerome Powell said that, uh, I think it was Powell today, that said no cuts, no interest rate cuts. Tom, I know you're 
you're banking on that sugar high, but no cuts because inflation's still too high. Mm -hmm. But overall, I took it as sort of positive news. Wall Street, less so. So rich people lost a little money today, Dom, on Wall Street. Well, you know, don't worry about it. It's a long-term investment. You know, keep it in there. Don't don't draw it down when it's going down. Uh, you'll be okay. What, 90% of the market's owned by 10% of the population, something like that? So, you know. I'm not in that club either. <laughs> We're in a lot of clubs we are not in. There are many, many clubs <laughs> that we would not be invited in. Um, also, just be aware. Ah, oh, never mind. I won't say that. More clubs, you're not loud. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when, when, when? And I and I get it. I, 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 you know, the the Fed leaving the rates unchanged. They're not going up. That's good. They're and they probably also, going to come down in the near future. They also mentioned that probably going to leave them unchanged in March. Some are banking on that. Some are investing on that. You can gamble on anything, man. I'm going to Vegas next week. <laughs> right. You gonna make a bet? Ah. Uh, Probably on the Super Bowl, I would bet. Like the coin flip or, you know, how many times Taylor Swift appears. You're going to bet on Donald Trump becoming the next president of the United States? Uh, why would I want to lose my money? Well, I would bet against you that. You bet against it, yeah, Can you? What do you think the odds are? What do you think the money line is? <laughs> bet 100 to win 120? I don't know, man. You have to let me know when you get out there. I'll Try to go to Trump casinos and get the best odds. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening. The Maggie Dawn Show is next. And then... Busted pencils, busting the pencils with educated educators, talking education. Then the Pete Schwaba with the nightlight. Devil's Advocates won't see you tomorrow, Don, but talk to you on the radio. Right on. All of you, you better be there. Shame, 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 shame.